everyone and welcome to Love in Your Life. Um, today I have a special guest. Uh, her name is Lindsay. I feel she has a very inspirational career story. So I'd like to welcome Lindsay to Love in Your Life. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? I am fine. I, I want to um, talk about your, um, your career, um, your path. Lindsay, because I feel it's very inspirational to people. And on this show, we talk about um, having love in your life, personally and professionally. And, and I feel that you have that. Um, take us back to your last year or last couple years in high school. How did that go in terms of your, your thoughts about your higher education, where you were going, the curriculum that you were thinking that you were considering? And how, how, how were you guided there in the last year or so of your high school? Well, I think I was very fortunate to have several professionals around me. And so my thought process was one of traditional student where you think something like a lawyer or a doctor. And I am, my strengths were reading and writing. And so I gravitated toward law. And I was fortunate enough to do two internships my last two years in high school. One for a real estate agent, a real estate firm, law firm, where I learned that paper pushing is not what I want to do. Um, and the other was with a family court judge. Uh, I, I sat and had the opportunity to work in her office and then also help her on her campaign trail. And my heart went that way because I really loved the idea of helping people um, and not profiting off the law and really mm -hmm. focusing on the familial aspects. Mm -hmm. And so I decided my trajectory was going to take me towards law school and ultimately to be a family court judge. That was where I was headed. And so were you, were you, did you feel, okay, so once you did that, how did you make the decision to where to go to college and all that stuff? So I viewed that as sort of an after bachelor's thing. So I made the choice, I'm an only child with very involved parents. And so I like um, interaction with adults. I always did as a child. And so I really wanted that relationship with my professors and I wanted a more intimate setting. And so I focused my college search on a smaller environment. And I also, I wanted to go down South to my first choice was Washington and Lee in Virginia. But my mom and I are very close and she wanted me within driving distance. So the compromise in proximity to Buffalo was Ohio. And so I looked at Kenyon and Denison and John Carroll. And I ultimately fell in love with Denison University. So that is where I landed. There's about 2000 students and you live on campus all four years. And so it had that very intimate setting that I was looking for. And it was all the classes were taught by professors. Um, TAs were very rare, and that is that in and of itself was a rare finding. So that's how I made that decision. Mm -hmm. And what was your curriculum? So my major, ironically, initially, I was an education major for three weeks, but I did not vibe with my advisor, and I'm very big on interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm seeking guidance from someone, I really need to be on the same page as them, and I was not feeling that way. So I made English literature, because I've always loved reading and books, and I made that my major, mm -hmm. and just went from there, because I figured that would be a natural transition into law school, because the emphasis, of course, is on reading and writing, which is all you do in law school. So <laughs> right. that, was, that was what I decided to do, and, and, I, and I loved it. It was the right choice for me. 
that's great. Now you graduated. Mm -hmm. And how did how did you make the decision to um, for your first job? How did that go? How did the job search go? And what how did you decide? So during my four years, I had the um, I was fortunate enough to live abroad, and I realized that having grown up in suburbia, I needed to expand my horizons, and I enjoyed my time abroad, and so I decided that I needed a big city. And the best time to do that in my life, given that I've always wanted a family, was going to be in my early 20s before I'd settled down. And so I actually did it a backward way where I picked the city, which was New York City in Manhattan specifically. And, and then I figured out, okay, well, that's my goal. Okay. And then I sort of backfilled, how am I going to get there? Uh, and so I ended up living with one of my roommates who I'd studied abroad with. And I was looking for jobs in publishing because during college, during my undergrad at Denison, I changed my mind a little bit. I was still toying with the idea of law school, but I was really in love with the idea of using children's literature to teach others. And so I thought I might go into publishing and eventually become a professor of children's literature. That was sort of where my head was at. And I interviewed with several publishing firms in New York City, but they were capping out at 28,000. And I just, even with a roommate um, and some subsidizing by my family, I was not going to be able to afford it. So I met with Headhunter and I interviewed for a writing position in the financial industry because that was what paid the most. And my goal was to get to New York. And my background was in English literature. So that was reading and writing. And my strength was writing. And that's what my resume was sort of built around. So that's how I got my first job at Alliance Bernstein in New York City. Mm -hmm. And New York was important because of, of the opportunities there? Yeah, New York was important for a couple of reasons. It was, it was a new opportunity and I love change and I love trying to keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. And New York also attracted the best and the brightest. Mm -hmm. And I find that I do best when I'm challenged. And I wanted to be challenged intellectually and socially and emotionally. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could live on my own in a major city because it just felt important to me. I'd always been very lucky to have a, a strong support system around me, my extended family, my immediate family, friends that I'd had my whole life. And I wanted to step outside my comfort zone so that if life ever threw me a curveball and I had to stand on my own, I would know I could do it. Great, great thought. And, and so, Lindsay, tell us about that first job, because I, I know a little bit about it, obviously, um, but um, tell the audience how that went and how, how much you loved it or didn't love it and how it brought you to um, your path. Well, it, it actually was a direct contributor to my path. So I was new and I worked with two introverts and we were a new team within a huge organization of 5,000 plus people um, internationally and, and domestically. Mm -hmm. And it was a writing position and working with two introverts because we were responsible for the retail channel of the financial aspects, there was a lot of training that had to go into presenting this information to folks that had been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And so my boss and my colleague said, we're not leading the training sessions, you are. And so I was within my, let's see, I had graduated in May and by October of that same year, I was standing in front of this, in this massive boardroom in front of 30 people that had been doing this 
for longer than I'd been alive. And they're all looking at me as skeptics saying, what could this young lady possibly have that to share that I don't already know? And I was very nervous, but I did my head prepared and I did my PowerPoint and I just stood up at the front room and tried to share what we were charged with, you know, teaching them because it was a new type of investment for the firm, for the institutional uh, advisors. They didn't, they were not familiar with the retail channel. And so that was our task was to educate them on it. And then we wrote the RFPs for it. So I realized um, in that moment, how, how much I enjoyed being in front of people. And so <laughs> I, um, I decided to sort of do coffee chats with different people around the firm because such a large firm afforded a lot of opportunities so I decided I wanted to work for my internal clients, was the, which was the relationship management team. I wanted to be client facing. I wanted to be talking to people and educating people and traveling. And so I said, hey, when there's an opportunity and my boss was okay with it, you know, please let me know. And happenstance, six months later, someone quit with no notice. And he said, are you still interested? And I said, absolutely. And with that position of relationship management, I was traveling with our wholesalers and educating them on our firm and they were, they were dealing with individual advisors all around the country. So I was traveling to different States every week and I was working with clients and I was talking with people, which is, you know, people, I drive my energy from people and I, I just love that. But at some point, um, you know, I never had more than a hundred dollars in my bank account and I loved the hustle and bustle of the city, but there's definitely something to that notion of, keeping up with the Joneses where it feels like you always need to be going to this club or you need to be wearing this outfit. And as much as I love my experience in the city and I loved living in an urban setting and I realized that about myself, I decided that after five and a half years, I started to look at some other cities in the country that I would possibly look at more long-term. That would be a little bit of a slower pace, still that urban setting, but not as go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your next move then? Well, I went to the three, the three cities I was considering were Tampa because of my sister lived there and my, my family, mm-hmm. um, and then San Francisco and Chicago. And I had friends and I had professional opportunities and friends in all three locations. So I went to the three cities and visited with the mindset of, could I imagine myself living here? Like, what would my everyday life look like? Um, and San Francisco quickly got rolled out just strictly because of the financial aspects of how expensive the city is. It's a gorgeous city. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And Tampa was so many people from up North. And I thought, you know, it's really not the change. I mean, I had a lot of people from high school that happenstance landed in Tampa. So I settled on Chicago because I had a ton of college friends there because it was close proximity to where we had graduated um, in, at Denison in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And my company had a presence there, so it was going to be a relatively easy transition. Mm-hmm. So, how so. did we get to your graduate school? What was so, fast forward, the internal opportunity did not pan out at Bernstein, and my only experience was in finance. And so, I knew I wanted to live in Chicago, and instead of changing at that moment, which I probably should have, I kept going down my financial um, financial career path because that's what my work experience was and that's who hired me. So I worked for a very affluent hedge fund to fund, but I, and I was very fortunate with a lot of opportunities there. However, it wasn't a fit. They hired me because I was New Yorker and then for my efficiency and my quick pace. And then they 
didn't really jive with me or give me the chance to grow professionally because I was New Yorker, if that makes any sense. So I, I was very happy professionally or very personally, but very unhappy professionally. And so I started thinking about, I looked at my resume and said, what are the moments that I remember being happy? When did I really feel fulfilled professionally? And it was always when I was in front of people talking and sharing something that I was passionate about, um, which was always learning and education. And at Bernstein, before I left New York, I almost made a transition into professional development. I was going to work directly for the the head of professional development. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that teaching in some capacity was what I was supposed to do. So I started turning with, am I going to law school to then become like a law professor? Or am I going to grad school to become a professor of English literature? Or am I going to become a high school teacher? And (laughs) And, and, and so the the big thing for me, which I mentioned earlier, was um, I've always wanted a family. Mm -hmm. As an only child, I always knew I wanted children and I wanted more than one so they would have each other. And I said, you know, okay, I'm 20, I'm 28 at this moment. And I'm thinking, I don't have that long to, to build a family. And so what is the best what is going to afford me the best opportunity for a family life? And that schedule was definitely going to be um, high school. But I said, I have a zero experience looking back at almost 10 years of professional experience. I have nothing in the educational field. I have stuff that I could say the skill set was a transferable, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make, in order to make myself most competitive, I want to take the jump and do uh, an Ivy League school. And so I ended up back in New York at Columbia University at Teachers College of Columbia. And I was doing my master's at night and doing my student teaching during the day because New York State requires the student teaching. Mm-hmm. And I was never busier, but I was never happier. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so great. And that's why I have you on, Lindsay, because we talk about career and how do you select the best path for yourself to get to, to achieve a level of happiness and success. And you are such an inspiration for, from, from my perspective, because what you are doing now is teaching high school and you are absolutely in love with your job. And you're so unique in that respect. I, I'm sorry to say that so many people are not in your spot of being in love with what they do for a living. So um, tell us a, a little bit about that. What, what, when you graduated with your degree in education from Columbia, how did you then settle on a position and discover your love? Well, I, I think that it was really at Columbia that I solidified what I had always suspected, which is that my love, I've always been the kid that sits up front, that was still friends with my high school teachers, you know, 10, 15 years later. And my books were always my friends as an only child traveling around a lot and going to business dinners with my parents. I always had a book. And so I thought, how do I impart that love on others? And what I learned I had two very different internships, one in a very rough part of Brooklyn at an all-girls middle school and one at a very prestigious public school in New York City in Chelsea that was, you know, kids jetting off on their private planes to different countries on for the weekend. So it was a very stark contrast. But I, I decided that given that my, I, I could teach anywhere. 
with my pedigree is sort of soon found out through interviewing process. And I, and I went and interviewed in DC and I interviewed in New York and I actually even did an interview where I was going to go to the United um, Arab. Mm. I mean, I'm saying that wrong, but you know, Emirates of Arab, anyway. United Arab Emirates. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Um, I, I was because he, this gentleman and I had happened to study at the same place in Florence and we had, a, he, he went to Columbia also. And so that was an opportunity I was entertaining too. But ultimately I said, when my family, with a young family, I wanted to be around family. And that's how I landed in Florida because I am not a Florida gal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and so I viewed it as more of a temporary thing, of course, than I met my husband and whatnot, but or. I, what I would say is, you know, a career changer. I mean, I started teaching at 29, which is when a lot of people are then, you know, going from the entry level into the second or maybe third step in their career. Mm -hmm. And here I am starting at ground zero. Mm -hmm. um, you know, low pay. I took a 50% pay cut with plus no bonus and terrible. I had amazing health insurance and I went to terrible, barely there health insurance. And so there's a lot of life factors to consider. But at the end of the day, you know, your mental health determines the rest of your health, really. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that can replace the joy that you get every morning when you look forward to your day. Instead of viewing it as drudgery, I look at it as a new opportunity. And for me, I don't like menial tasks and I don't like um, some, you know, the, the monotony of life. And so every fall I get a new batch of students every day, every hour, I get a new group of kids coming through that door and I teach different things right now. I'm about to, you know, this year I'm teaching something new because of the 2020 situation. And next year I'm probably going to be teaching AP literature. So, and that's, you know, my 11, that'll be my 11th year of teaching. And so there's different opportunities along the way, even though the pay cap was what it was at. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to be the primary breadwinner in my family. And I sort of had to accept that, but there's so many other ways to contribute. And I think that people hesitate because you feel stuck. You have a mortgage payment or you have child support or you have, you know, a family to feed and you think, well, I can't, I'm on this path and I can't deviate because I'm I basically committed to this path. And I think that that's the wrong way to look at it. I think the right way to think, look at it is what can my kids learn from me by having the courage to go and educate myself or do that at night. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a sacrifice for your family time or yeah, it's going to take a toll on you in the short term, but in the long term, the benefits far outweigh, you know, the downside of the short term. Yes. And I think um, as someone that listens to you and, you know, under, uh, you know, is, is in your field, um, and when I hear you speak, there is something about someone with a passion for what they do for a living that is really not only inspirational, but infectious, you know? And I think you are probably uh, inspiring all of your students. I can't imagine having, having had a teacher like you. I, I don't think I had one. And I feel bad for myself and for other people who have not been exposed to someone like you who um, could be that inspiration for them. Because not only are you teaching them to love what they do, but you are inspiring them directly by demonstrating what you get out of that love. You are happy every day. 
going into work. And so many people are doing their jobs with great drudgery, as you know. So I, I don't know if that, if that escapes you at all. But uh, I'm sure it doesn't escape your students. I mean, have you, do you have any consciousness that you are, uh, you are inspiring your students? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had um, the, the benefit of hearing from, now, now that I'm, this is my 10th year of teaching, you know, my students are, who I taught as freshmen or sophomores are now sort of out in the world and figuring out their own professional path. And I've had the opportunity to hear from some of them. Um, and that is, of course, incredibly rewarding. That one young lady stands out to me in particular who was quiet and she was in a low-level class and she was a former gang member. Um, and had zero support at home. And I just noticed her intelligence that would come through in her written work, but she would just sit and not say a word in class. And so I, partway through the year, it worked out that I could put her from my standard class into an honors class. We just switched her science class. And so partway through her freshman year, as for second semester, she was in one honors class. She was in my honors class. And then by the end of her senior year, she was in all honors classes. And now she is going on to grad school to become a physician's assistant. And she reached out to me last November and said, you know, if I were writing a book like the five people I meet in heaven, there would be a whole chapter on you. Oh, um, and, and just said, I, you know, I can't thank you for believing in me. Thank you for, you know, no, no one had ever noticed. And, no, and, you know, her mom was lovely, but she had a lot going on at home, we'll just say. Mm -hmm. And that support just wasn't an option there. Sure. And so no one challenged her and no one said, Hey, I see something in you. And all it takes is that one little push in the different direction, you know, it was just one class and it was just one semester. And then she, she took it and she ran with it, but it's just being that little nudge in the direction where they should have been going anyway. Yeah. That makes you realize how much of an impact you can have. Yes. It is a crappy paying job. Yes. The benefits are, like the actual benefits, like health benefits are null, <laughs> devoid of any actual real mention. Um, and yes, people always ir irritate me when they say, oh, you have summers off. That's actually not true. You have <laughs> professional development and a bunch of planning that happens, but that's neither here nor there. And yes, it requires budgeting because you, you don't get paid throughout the summer. You have to plan that for that. But for me, I, I see what it was like to I, I can see the difference. I can look back and say, wow, I was really unhappy. And I, I was so unhappy and I was so entrenched in it. I didn't even realize the possibility of finding something that gave me joy and like lit up my soul. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to, you know, take that first step and explore that opportunity because my father did what his father did and he hated it. And he told me, I want you to pursue whatever it is that makes you happy because that's the most important thing. Wow. And he, he achieved a lot more monetary success than I ever will doing what I'm doing. However, he, he never had joy. I mean, he found you, you find, you know, kind people that you work with and anything, and there's good people and bad people, even in education, but I never saw the joy on his face like he sees in mine. And it was watching, having him watch me teach, he came and observed me, that I realized 
what the look on his face was pride and it was also sort of a wistful wishful thing of like yeah i could have done this because he was the english major and he was the person i get my skill set from so yeah yeah, yeah, I know that. Gosh, Lindsay, thank you so very much. I really wanted to do this for the longest time because you are such, uh, you know, for me even, to hear you be so happy is um, just, it, it makes my heart uh, swell with with happiness for you and with you uh, being in your, your field, as I say. So uh, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your words of wisdom for people who are listening and, and you know, afraid to make that leap into something that they know that they should be doing or considering even, um, even in, tra in transition terms, you know, like you said, you were 29 by the time you got there. So it's not like you were right out of uh, college. So I thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you, you have left to say to, to people looking to do what they love? I think what else really helps is take the time to take somebody who's in that industry out for coffee and, and just you know use the resources that are available to you. You don't have to do a formal interview. You don't have to, you know, Network. feel that pressure and you have do what you you know do your homework do your research and do it for yourself while you've got the steady income of a, of a job that you're doing for a job and not a career and look for something that fulfills you not your bank account but you as a person because you're a person who's worth it yeah absolutely that's a perfect place to end thank you again lindsay and Thank you everyone listening and don't forget that our our moniker here is don't forget to live with love in your life personally and professionally. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you.